Yo, 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 it's your boy, Coach Bud. We on another episode of Shot Clock Podcast. And I got a very, very, very special guest tonight. I got basketball royalty, the point guard. I got the legend, Mr. Tony Rutland. Appreciate you stopping by tonight. Man, anytime I can help out, I'll definitely help out. I appreciate you for having me. Okay. So um, let's go ahead and let's get started. Um, So... Let's 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 begin. Um, obviously, you from the the Hampton Newport News side. Let's yeah. let's just talk about the beginning. You know where you're from, how you, how you grew up a little bit, so you know to get us up to speed. Yeah, you know I grew up in uh, Hampton, Virginia. My dad was in the military, so he got stationed at Langley Air Force Base, and uh, you know from there we you know we I used to play in a lot of. Uh, Military leagues, where it was, uh, you know, Langley Air Force Base, first Fort Eustace, and, you know, I used to play against uh, Northampton a lot. Uh, but that area is where, you know, a lot of uh, great players came out. You know, that's where, you know, at the age of 11 and 12, uh, you know, I was able to meet, you know, AI and, you know, Aaron Brooks and a couple of other guys, Damon Bako, all those guys. You know, that's where we really started um, playing rec league together in AAU. Uh, we actually was the first AAU uh, team that Boo had at the age uh, 13. You know, so he had that league. And, you know, ever since then, you know, I went to Davis Middle School. I was able to play there. Um, and that's when Allen moved to, our, to, to, to go to my, uh, my middle school in eighth grade. And then ever since then, you know, it was it was it was that, you know, as far as like going to Bethel High School and uh, playing together for four years there. Of course, you know, winning state championship and, and basketball and, you know, him winning one in football, you know, and the rest is history. OK, so. All right, let's go to let's go to Bethel High School, right? Yeah. So obviously, you're, uh, this is your junior year correct as well as his, correct? Yeah, yeah, we're in the same grade. Yep. Okay. Class so, '94. So you win the state championship. So obviously, with you guys returning, that was going to be a situation where you know we're thinking you know back to back. Definitely, definitely. So, so obviously, we know an incident occurs. You know, with the with the bowling alley, and uh, he's arrested, and you know, yeah, he's locked up and he doesn't play the senior year. So, right. What what does that do for you? You know, going into that year, obviously, you know, you're the point guard, but you know, he's the he's more of a scorer, and you're the, you're the facilitator. So, what type of role do you have to now shift to, and what is your mindset going into your senior year? Well, I mean, again, we never thought that he would have got arrested and he would have been convicted of that crime. So, um, I'm I was always thinking positive, and I was thinking that you know, once it's over with, we're gonna go and you know, go back to back and win the state and you know, and, and just leave our mark. Uh, but then when the, the verdict came out, and, you know, he was uh, charged and, you know, eventually uh, was doing time. It was like, you know, my whole career as far as basketball was just, you know, shine and show what people, you know, what you've been working on. And, uh, you know, my mentality was, you know, I worked every day. Uh, I got up early in the morning. My, my work ethic was crazy. You know, five, six o'clock in the morning, I would work. And then, you know, after school, I would get in more work. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think it helped me uh, make that transition to Wake Forest just because 
Um, you know, Allen playing the point guard majority of the time in AAU ball and in high school, and I was a shooter. Uh, it was a I was able to really, really now focus on you know becoming a point guard and a scorer at the same time. So um, going to Wake Forest, you know, I you know I was recruited as a shooter, but you know they had Randolph Childress who was one of the best players um, in the ACC and. You know, I was able to help him out, play on the wing, help him out at point. And, uh, you know, we were able to run him off the ball as far as, like, being the two. So, you know, when I got to uh, my senior year, I was just able to, you know, play the point, still average, you know, almost 30 points my senior year. But I was able to work on, you know, being a point guard, like breaking the press and, and getting my teammates involved. Not to cut you off, right? No, you good. You mentioned, you mentioned the senior year, you know, averaging the, uh, the 26 a game. Yeah. So it was a game where you had 43 and a half. Right. So is this the whole mentality that whole year now? Like, you feel like, did you have to put in that type of, those type of points for you guys just to stay afloat now? Obviously, you know, you lost to Allen Iverson. Yeah, it was, I mean, I, we had good players, you know, because we had guys returning, but I definitely had to, to put up 30 plus points. Uh, for us to win, you know, we didn't have a great year that we wanted to, but, you know, a lot of teams now focus, you know, on me, you know, at first it was like, you know, who are we going to let get 30, 40 points? Was it going to be Allen or was it going to be me? And, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, Allen would get his 30 or whatever. And I, you know, get my 15, 20, almost 30 points uh, while we were playing together. But, you know, when he was gone, you know, it made it more difficult because, you know, everybody was concentrating on me. It was like more of they're not going to let me beat them by themselves. But, you know, again, you know, I, I, I credit all my work ethic and, you know, I still was able to put the numbers up and, and play as well. Okay. All right, so you finish the senior year. Obviously, you guys come up short. You don't win the state championship. Who who'd you guys lose to? Uh, we My senior year, we actually didn't make it out of the district just because, you know, again, uh, it was Denby High School. You know, again, the Coach Katufis, he ran, I think, every minute they were running guys in and out just to guard me and stuff. But, you know, that was a game that I scored 43 points in the in the first half. And so it was my last game that I, you know, played. And as my, my high school career ended on that note. So, you know, I had no regrets. And, again, I gave it 100%. You know, it just – I didn't – the gas <laughs> – my gas tank ran out. And, uh, you know, we ended up losing by four points. But, again uh, – when, when people say put it all on the line and, and, and give it all your last game, I, I believe I did that. Definitely. You left it on the court. All right, so, yeah. so obviously as a you know, four-star recruit, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, teams across the country are uh, after you. What's the decision to go to Wake Forest? And, you know, what, what, what did you choose Wake Forest over? Um, you know, a lot of people asked, and, you know, growing up in Virginia, of course, is definitely an ACC country school, I mean, uh, state, um, you know, growing up, you got Ralph Sampson, you got UVA there, and, you know, with the history that, you know, the ACC had with all the, you know, great players that come out of there, um, that's all we knew. And um, so uh, going into my senior year, you know, I took a visit to uh, Auburn. I, I really liked Auburn. Uh, I liked the coach there with Tommy Joe Eagles. Um, and then it was uh, Richmond, who my best friend, Damon Baco, who uh, his dad actually taught me how to, you know, just 
how to shoot as far as like fine tuning my jump shot. Um, and then it was Wake Forest and it was UVA actually. I really wanted to go to UVA, but they had one scholarship left. And uh, Curtis Stables at the time committed before me and, and that was it. So <clears throat> I, I felt like that, you know, going to Wake Forest was close enough to home, but, you know, still far enough where I can, you know, still have a great, you know, college uh, this uh, career. Okay, so you get to college, and obviously uh, Children's is there, you know, all ACC, you know, one of the best guards in the country. So right. what are some of the things you learned, you know, coming up under him and, you know? Uh, him, you know, he took me under his wings, and he was able to uh, – tell me how to be a leader vocally and get the respect from the players. And it, it didn't have to – it had nothing to do with being, uh, scoring points. It all had to do with just uh, demanding, uh, you know, respect from the players. Um, he did it when I was a freshman, like, uh, you know, going in the ACC tournament when he had that run, you know, breaking the record. And I think that record is still today. Um, but it was during a timeout where he was like, man, give me the ball. He's like, I'm not going out like this. He was like, give me the ball or get out of the way. And, um, you know, and I took that into my sophomore year because, you know, Coach Odom actually was like, okay, now it's your team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, well, we got Tim Duncan. You know I mean? He's he All-American. You know, I'm like, that's not my job. And, um, you know, he's like, you got to demand respect and, and you got to be the – the leader, you know, Tim is the, the main guy. Yes, the focal guy, but, you know, you have to be the coach on the court and you have to be my guy on the court. And uh, and that's what I had to do. And I, I learned a lot from uh, Randolph Children's doing that. Okay. So but let's, let's go back to where you say, okay, obviously the coach tells you, you know, it's your team and, you know, it's your team to run the show, obviously, but we're going to focus on Tim Duncan. Yeah. So, what what is it like playing with Tim Duncan, you know, as a point guard? Man, it's 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 like the easiest thing ever. Um, if you know the game and you study the game as a as a point guard or as a guard in general, um, he made the game so much easier for you. Um, you had you had to make it easy for him because he was going to make it easy for me. Okay. And uh, you know, he demanded the the double teams and you know and if we didn't put ourselves in the situation to help him out again, double team, he would have had a, 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 a horrible year or a horrible career because all teams would have did was just double team them and, you know, nobody would have been able to finish. And, you know, we had to make it easy where I had to, you know, penetrate and get him easy shots and put him in a situation where he could get easy baskets because if it wasn't going to be easy for him, it would have been very difficult for him to get the points that he got. But other than that, man, he was the best player to play with. Made it so much easier for me and him. Okay, so he, you know, Tim Duncan is obviously one of those guys that we don't know too much about. What what was he like? You know, just you know, as a as a you know college kid and you know all American, best player in the country. Man, when I first met Tim, I was on a visit going to Wake Forest, and uh, I believe it was during the World Series when I came in. And um, and when I came in, you know, we all stayed at, you know, Wake Forest had freshman dorms, and it was like you had a, a 
a lobby with a big TV and it was open to anybody who wanted to watch whatever. And um, so when I come in, they're showing me the campus. He's laying down on the lobby with a big gallon of ice cream and one spoon and he's eating the whole thing, just watching, watching the World Series. But, you know, he's one of those guys that he's the ultimate team player. Like in our locker room was basically our, 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 our domain. And he knew all the Mortal Kombat combos that you can do for every player. You know, he, he was good at every video game that he had in the locker room. So if you wanted to be good in a video game, it was Sega at the time, you had to beat Tim. So, you know, we always came in and we always practiced and we always tried to beat Tim Duncan because he was the best at all the video games in the locker room. Okay. So how, how successful were you guys with beat him in the video games? Uh, not too successful. I mean, because at any time, he, he knew it all. Like, you know, uh, again, like, his hands were so huge. They were bigger than a remote. But, again, he was able to hit, like, the max combos on Mortal Kombat. It was crazy. So by the time we finished, it was done. You know, so the only thing we could do is just try to go in there and practice and play another game or like a basketball game or something or football because he didn't really know anything about football. You know, it was all about soccer and basketball. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand he was like 16th in the nation in swimming, you know. And, you know, and then when the hurricanes came, you know, it wiped out a lot of the pools and that's when he turned to basketball. So, you know, as far as him, man, he's like the ultimate guy. You know, a lot of people – don't really get in this circle, but once you're in this circle, man, you're, you're in there forever. So you're telling me if we didn't have the Hurricanes, there's a possibility we never could have known Tim Duncan, the basketball player? We would probably not know. We probably would have known Tim Duncan as like the Michael Phelps of, of his age. Wow. And, uh, you know, th to be that long, I'm pretty sure he would have broke a lot of records if he would have kept going because, you know, to be 16th in the nation and he was probably not even as, at his tight, the peak height, you know, I know he would have probably been 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 crazy because that's that was what we did in the offseason. We worked out in the pool because that was his that was his go to. That was his 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 thing that he knew about, and that was swimming. and And that's what we did in the offseason was just work out in the pool. Okay. So, let's describe uh, the feeling of you know when you go on a run, and of course, you know you being from Virginia, so you're an ACC guy. Yeah, that feeling like when you win the ACC uh, championship. Man, it's it was great just because uh, you know Wake Forest hadn't won an ACC championship in a while. Yeah, and uh, you feel like you 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 want to go to a school where one you it's gonna fit you. You know, I, I see now a lot of players are going into transfer protocol and all that stuff, but you know. My dad had me do a lot of research on any school that I was that was recruiting me, and that was the main thing: is one, could I get in and play right away? And two, what is their transfer rate? Three, you know, how how were they were recruiting? Like, do they always bring in guards every year, or this and that? And you know, that was one of the things that I really liked about Wake Forest is that I could come come in and play right away. And, uh, you know, I was able to start my freshman year. And then, you know, my mom got sick. And I, you know, I had became like the sixth man off the bench. My coach had a big thing where if, if it worked, then he was going to stick to it for the, for the whole year. It's very superstitious like that, you know. So I came off the bench that one time. But, you know, I would 
finish the game or I would start the second half. And stuff. Again, that was just, you know, so, again, like going to Wake Forest and just winning an ACC championship my freshman year and then winning again my sophomore year, um, it was great because it hadn't been done since the, uh, the 60s, you know, at Wake Forest. And, and again, it hadn't been – like it's hard to do just in the ACC period to win back-to-back. Back. So, you know, that was accomplishment in itself. And, you know, winning the second time, I felt, you know, that was the better one because I had more input in that game, you know, in, in, into that year because, you know, I, I was scoring more. And, you know, my freshman year, my coach said, well, I don't need you to score. I just need you to pass it to Randolph, pass it to Tim you know, play defense. And then when it came to me in the offseason, it's like, okay, now it's your team. You can score. You you know, pass it to Tim and, you know, run the team. I felt like I've been here before. And so when I had the year that I had, you know, it, me- it meant a lot and it meant more just because I-, I felt like that, you know, I wasn't a role player. I was like one of the key guys. And, you know, and that was that was just real big for me. Makes sense. Okay, so who who are some of the guards that you were playing against when you were in the ACC? Just paint the picture for somebody. Man. Some of my listeners weren't born. Travis Best, he was like one of the toughest guys that I had to guard and play against. Uh, left-hand guy, Stephon Marbury, who was a legend. Uh, Ed Cota, North Carolina legend. Uh, Shaman Williams, Ed, you know, Vince Carter I played against. Um, let's see, that was, uh, you know, you had Oshawa Benjamin, who was a McDonald's All-American, C.C. Harrison, um, Archie Miller, who was the coach, was the coach at Indiana. He was at, you know, at Indiana, uh, at NC State. Um, Terrell McIntyre, who was at, uh, Clemson. He was another cold guard. Uh, you had Curtis Staples, you had Harold Dean. You had Jamal Robinson. Um, you had uh, Terrell Stokes at Maryland. LeBron Prophet. Who um, you? Keith Booth. Uh, X-Ray Hip. And uh, my senior year, which I I, I thought um, they had um, that year that they won the national championship with uh, Maryland won it with. Um, Steve Franchise and uh, who was the – it was the other guard there. Juan Dixon? But Juan Dixon. Juan Dixon, He when he was a freshman, I was a senior, but he didn't really play as much. So he was there. I was watching film and saw him on the bench, and I didn't realize that, he, you know, he was playing. Um, but, man, it the ACC was loaded with guards. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, you know, and, and then you had the Florida State guys who Collins, you had Lamar Greer. You had a whole bunch of uh, uh, top players that came through the ACC. And, it, like, it wasn't no days where you had it easy. It was, like, straight competition every day. Okay, so let's move along. So how, how do we now, you know, transition from college and then we start our pro career? Like, what, what is that like? What was that? Well, you know, like again, like my my sophomore year, uh, I tore my ACL, and you know, again, I was having a great year. Um, 
a lot of chatter and during the ACC time was like up until that game that I could, it was a possibility that I could leave my sophomore year and, and get drafted just because I was having a great, great tournament. Um, and, and it was leading into the NCAA tournament. You know, I just played Stephon Marbury, played with a lot of guys, and I was able to get good numbers. But, you know, again, I tore my knee up and um, coach came to me and my you know, after I rehabbed or, or before I rehabbed, it was like, hey, Tim Duncan's not coming back unless you play. And I'm like, well, I'm thinking that I'm getting redshirted just to get myself, you know, back or whatever. And, uh, you know, that was just the respect I had from him. You know, he just – he felt like if he wasn't going to have the help or have the leadership, then he – back. So, you know, I was able to rehab and just be out there and help him. But – you know, that transition to the pros was tough because, you know, that ACL uh, label was on me, you know, and I wasn't as athletic as I used to be. You know, I was able to dunk anytime I wanted to, you know, speed-wise. But, you know, I think that, you know, if I would have took a year off and really built my knee up, I think I would have been back That's to where I – right, 100%. But, you know, again, I don't – question none of that stuff I, I mean I, I was able to go overseas and play about eight or nine years and um, I, I you know eight or nine years overseas was wonderful you know they treated me like you know the NBA what was that, what was that experience um, like? what was that experience like and what were some of the countries you were in man I tell any player any young player if you're not going to be in the NBA to go overseas just because you're able to experience different cultures uh, the foods, just the how people really look uh, at basketball. You know, basketball is an international language, and uh, I was my passport, man, was fully stamped with a whole bunch of. I, I've been to Cyprus, Dubai. You know, I played in Korea where I'm half Korean. I was able to play in front of my grandmother. You know, um, I went to Poland. I've been Dominican Republic, Syria, Lebanon, Lebanon. Man, Japan. So again, just to travel all over the world is nothing like it because uh, you know, again, basketball is an international language. Everybody loves it, and uh, you got paid to do something that you really love, and, and that was play basketball. Okay. So, I, uh, so you finished your career, you know, the nine years. So. Did you always know you wanted to coach, or how, how did you get into coaching? I, I knew basketball was my passion uh, just because of how hard I worked. Um, but, you know, I got in – I think being a mentor was something that, you know, has always been in me just because, you know, we always used to go out and do a lot of community outreaches in, in college and as you in pros, you know, you go out and speak. Um, and I knew that, you know – being a mentor was it. I had a sociology degree. So leaving the school and after basketball, you know, I leaned on my sociology degree and I, I got into law enforcement. And when I got into law enforcement, I was able to help like in felony probation where I was helping guys and, you know, uh, come out of prison and, you know, almost like reform where we would help them, help them with interview skills, help them, you know, with housing, medications, and stuff like that, so they wouldn't be a repeat offender. Um, you know, because the key is is to make sure that people don't go back into the system, and that's just where we were. Um, so I did that for like 
you know, a good eight, eight years, eight, nine years. And then, um, but I was always helping on, with basketball, whether it was training little kids. Um, you know, I helped out at a, a rec center in Atlanta. And um, from that point on, I, I, I felt like that, you know, I wanted to get back into the basketball. And I think and all, all this, all this took, took place in Atlanta. Yeah, most majority majority of stuff took place in Atlanta, and then uh, something just popped up where I was able to uh, go to you know um, go to Virginia, you know, because in Virginia it was uh, a job that popped up at uh, Hampton Christian, and uh, one of my friends was like, hey. My son is an Anthony Christian. Why don't you uh, put in for the job? And I was like, man, I okay. And I called the the AD, and uh, I had an interview. And then I, I moved I moved up to Virginia, and I coached there for a couple years. Uh, my first year, I had you know a great squad. Uh, it was like six seniors, and you know they played well. But you know, as a coach, that was just one of the hurdles coming in and trying to break bad habits. I got you. And then my second year, I had one senior, and the rest were like freshmen, sophomores, and juniors, and we won our, our district. Uh, and that was the first time it's been done since, I want to say, 99. So I, when I won it a couple of years ago, you know, they hadn't won one in almost 20-plus years, you know. And so that was a good feat itself was just the fact that, you know, I was able to put in work and, and have the kids work hard and, we was able to win our district and we beat the number one team in the state. So, you know, that we lost to them twice and then we beat them in the uh, tournament the third time. And got them when they you know, count. Up, yeah, you know, and, and we were up to go to the state semifinals and, you know, we ended up losing in overtime to the team who eventually won it. But, you know, uh, no regrets. And, you know, they, <clears throat> they did their thing. And, you know, Hampton Christian gave me my first opportunity to just, just to be a head coach in high school. And I was able to, you know, play a lot of schools in the PD where I, you know, grew up at. And, you know, it was a great thrill. Then, you know, now I'm in Tennessee and um, I, this is my first year coaching as a head coach here. And I was assistant coach um, with this lady, Dawn Bar Barger. She was actually a female coach that was coaching the boys. And when I came in, she had a good young class, and and I was able to help and develop them, and and uh, you know they're juniors now, so I play against them, and they love beating up on me now because I taught them everything. So you know, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm it's all about the kids, and uh, you know I, I'm not mad at it at all because I feel like that I put my input on on all the kids. Okay. So have you have you guys played the season yet, or because of COVID, you haven't even get be able to get on the court yet? We. We did. We played. We played a a whole season this year. Um, when I came in, I took over this um, at Laverne High School, and uh, I had probably two returners that played last year, and they only averaged four points. So it was like I was I was starting totally from scratch. Rebuilding, yeah, rebuilding the program. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, and I and our philosophy was this: uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And, uh, you know, through, because of COVID, we weren't able to practice and do a lot of the things that I wanted to put in. But uh, once they said the season was going on, the season was going, you know. So, uh, 
I had a total of 15 days to practice, officially practice with the guys and put in the offense and defense and all that stuff. So uh, the season was an as-you-go-learn type situation where I was getting to know them and they were getting to know me. Um, but I had, shoot, I had probably a total of 10 sophomores, four juniors. I, I had one freshman and then I had a couple of seniors um, that played. And um, But at the end of the day, like towards the end, we, you know, we, we, we were the, we upset at a team to advance in the district, but we end up losing to uh, a team that made it to the finals. So again, it was a success for us because nobody figured that we were going to win anyways, you know? So I, w- I was able to, I think last five games, uh, win three of the last five. Um, and that's, that's just all you want. So I think, you know, going into next year, I think, we're, you know, we, we start from that and uh, I've, I've laid my foundation for the future. Okay. Good to hear, man. Well, good luck to you and your program. Uh, Appreciate it. Got some success. Uh, so let's let's talk about I read something about uh you got your AAU team. And was Joe Smith on that AAU team as well? Man, Joe Smith, Basil Abraham, uh Damon Bako, uh Tyree Turner. Uh we had so many guys that Really could really could go. Uh, a lot of D1 was, athletes. Was AI on that team too? Yeah, AI was on the team as well. Yeah, and you know, again, Joe Smith was one of the, Did y'all win the national championship? We did. We beat we beat uh, Jerry Stackhouse, um, Jeff McGinnis, uh, uh, Jeff Capels. So we beat the Charlotte team yeah. at the time. Yeah, it it was really really good. Real man, we had a team and. Uh, everybody wanted a piece of us, and man, it was it was it was tough. We had a tough. We had shooters, we had defenders, we had guys that just came off the bench that was crazy. Okay, so so playing with both Tim Duncan and Allen Iverson, right? Yeah. As a point guard, which which one makes life easier, a big man like Tim Duncan or a scoring guard like Allen Iverson? Um, I would say Tim Duncan just because I knew that he was getting double team. And um, I knew where he was getting double team and I knew where the double team was coming. So I knew that if I was able to pass or call a play where um, they were going to double team, I knew that if the ball got rotated, I would be able to get a shot. Or if I set a screen for Tim Duncan, a back screen for Tim Duncan to go to the post, my man had to help, so I was able to get the ball and, and shoot. Okay. Um, Allen made it easy just because the, a lot of people concentrated on him. And, um, you know, so I was able to, to get easy baskets, whether it's, you know, off the offensive rebound or on the wing when they go help and he was able to kick it out. You know what I mean? But, you know, again, uh, AI scored a lot. But a lot of teams would say, you know what, Just we know Allen's, yeah, we know Allen's gonna get his, but you know we can't let these other guys get theirs, and uh, you know so they wouldn't, you know they eventually stopped leaving me and stuff. But whereas Tim Duncan, he can change the game, uh, whether it's double team or it's passing or whatever. So you had to pick and choose what you wanted to do. All right. So it's been some really, really, really good 
Wake Forest guys like Chris Paul, yep. Rodney Rogers, Muggsy Bowes. Yep. And these guys didn't win the ACC. Yeah. So what how, what is that feeling like, you know, knowing that, you know, when you were there, you know, you you, you set a standard. You there? Yeah, we that you uh you set a standard of, you know, of what, you know, Wake Forest basketball was supposed to be and, you know, that, that set that tradition. Man, you know, I didn't think nothing of it until um they had a reunion. They had a re they had a reunion for our our um our ninety four um championship game uh team. And when Chris Paul was there and other guys like Ishua Smith, he was there, and other guys like, you know, who, who's been through the program, Josh Howard. Uh, when they come to you, be like, hey, T. Run, you know, this and that, and, you know, oh, yeah, I used to watch you play, you know, I used to look up. Then you realize that, you know, you set a, a standard for it. You know, at this point in time, I think we set a great standard for Wake Forest basketball, and I think we can get back there, but you know, we got to get guys that want it, you know, and Wake Forest is a tough school, you know, where academically to get in and, and stay there. But, man, just to see guys who's been through the program, Jeff T, you know, Osh Smith, you know, Chris Paul, uh, Josh Howard, you know, um, you know, Muggsy Bowes, you know, and Randolph Childers. I mean, he's like one of the top guys. And, I joke on him all the time, you know. He got one ACC championship, I got two. You know, it's, it's it ain't too many back. people got back yeah, to back. Back, so, to back. So you know, talk, and talk I tell it. I tell him, yeah, you know, you, talk it. Let you, know, know. you could, yeah, you, I, and that and he respects it because when I came in, you know, I came in as a freshman. And I said I'm gonna take your job, and you know, he's from Maryland, so he, he should know he should know that I was gonna come in and talk just just because I'm from Virginia. Yeah, yeah, and. So, you know, and I think that bond that we had, you know, we still had that today. You know, he just um, decided to go in another direction from Wake Forest. He's been there a long time. And, you know, it's a business, you know, when it comes to coach, just like the NBA, it's a business. And, you know, I respect everything and what he's done for the program and, you know, what we're trying to bring back, you know, what we had. Um, but, you know, when a coach wants to go in another direction and, you know, he decides to go there. So, you know, but – all itself, you know, it's not too many people to get two, but, you know, just to get one, you know, everybody's happy, but to get two is just, it's just great. All right. I, before we wrap up, I got, I read a quote. Yeah. I read a quote that you uh, said, you know, um, when you began coaching, you know, at, yeah. at Laverne. You said, I uh -huh. hope to bring my knowledge of college and European ball to help develop everybody individually. What are, what are some of the, the principles and things that you want to instill in your guys just for life, you know? It's, you know, the things that I try to tell the kids now, it's not just about dribbling the basketball. It's, it's more of 80% of it is mental. Um, you can't rely on just your, your skills alone. You have to study the game. Uh, you have to get an edge on top of everybody. You know, every pro that – that you see on TV just does, doesn't just go out there and shoot shots and think that they're going to be the best. They study the game. Yeah. Um, and so, 
I try to tell the guys, like, you have to study your game. Film don't lie. Numbers don't lie. And you have to see yourself do it, you know, because I'm not just coach that's going to be yelling at you because you made a mistake. I yell at you because you made a mistake because you know better. You've seen it. You've seen it on film. You should know better. And uh, and that's where it is. And, you know, I try to tell guys games like basketball should become easy. You know, a lot of people don't understand, like, scoring 30 points doesn't mean shooting 30 shots. You know, scoring 30 points could be stealing the ball, making layups, and, uh, and scoring in different fashions. And, uh, you know, a lot of kids don't understand uh, if you want to score 30 points or you know how to score, you have to get to your spots. You know, and I ask kids all the time, where are your spots? When you get to your spot, you should be able to pull up and you should be able to understand that I'm going to make 70% of these shots. Every time you get to that spot, you should be able to make 70% of your shots and you should be able to, you know, do what you do, you know, and, and that's just what it is. And, uh, you know, when, when they're able to learn that, these kids can score all the time. And that's, and that's how I had to learn. My dad broke it down to me that way. And, you know, ever since then, you know, it wasn't about just shooting threes all the time. It was about getting to the free throw line when my shot wasn't right, uh, getting steals. I knew Allen was going to shoot all the time, so I would try to go get offensive rebound. I mean, and, and that's how, you know, a lot of kids get frustrated. Oh, he's shooting all the time or he's doing this. I ain't getting the ball. I said, well, go get the ball. You know, go get a rebound. You know their shots. Know what they're doing. And and that's how I used to do it. You know, Allen, you know, we, we were boys, but he would get mad when I make a highlight uh, dunking off one of his misses. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, that's how you had to treat it. You had to know that he wasn't going to shoot 100%. And if you catch the right one, yeah. that everybody's, everybody's going to talk about that one. That's Although, Allen, you know, Chuck might, yeah, Chuck might have had 30, but they're going to talk about that one that you caught off the rim. And, and that's just where it was. So that's over 1,900 points in your career at Bethel. Yeah. Um, 10 points, three assists, two rebounds a game at Wake Forest. Yeah. Story, I mean, great career, Virginia legend, ACC legend. I appreciate you stopping by, you know, and uh, taking the time out with me to do this interview, man. Appreciate man, it. Man, anytime you need me, whoever you got, if they want to go battle with me and talk about my area or whatever, I don't mind talking yeah, to you. Yeah, I was locking into the show. Yeah, it, at any time, it's all about basketball. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, I, and, I, that. and at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, the 757 always had players. Uh, you know, we don't get a lot of credit, but, you know, it's always about, you know, it's either Allen or Joe, but we had some killers back in the day. And, you know, and at the end of the day, you always pay homage to the guys who, who led the way for other guys. But, you know, again, it, it's all about sports talk. And, and, you know, I appreciate all the love. And, you know, I, I look forward to talking some more. All right, man. Appreciate you. Drive I appreciate you. I'll, I'll be in yep. touch with you. Definitely. All right. Shot clock. <laughs>